Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dale Lally Show here on the DK's Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm Dale Lally, your host, and we're going to talk some Steelers football. And if we're going to talk Steelers football, we have to talk draft. I mean, it's right around the corner. It's a week away. Uh, by this time next week, we will know who the Steelers first round draft pick. We'll actually know who the second and third round draft picks are as well. And those things might be a little intertwined. Um, you know, based on what happens in round one, it will determine what they do in round two, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of intrigue surrounding the Steelers first round draft pick this year is 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 palpable. Uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about it everywhere I go. People ask me, who are the Steelers going to take? I can't remember this much excitement surrounding a Steelers draft pick in quite some time. And the big question regarding that is, well, are they going to take a quarterback in the first round or are they going to do something else? And we, we've all seen, uh, you know, the Steelers have done their homework on this year's quarterback draft class. They watched the, these guys closely at the Senior Bowl. In fact, the, the, the second day of the Senior Bowl, when it rained like crazy, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin were the only uh, people on the field uh, associated with the team, a head coach GM anyways. Uh, they were the only head coach GM pairing who were on the field watching those guys closely as they as they've tried to get through that day. Um, they interviewed all of the top quarterback prospects at the NFL scouting combine. And then they brought all six of those guys in for private visits in the last few weeks. So they've done their homework. Uh, and that, of course, leads to the assumption that the Steelers are going to select one of those guys Um we just don't know if that's going to be the case, though. Well, first of all, you don't know if Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett are going to be available when the Steelers pick at 20. And quite frankly, they're the only two I would consider at pick 20. I know there's some, some late Desmond Ritter buzz here over the last few weeks. I've, I've warmed up a little bit to Desmond Ritter from where I was at earlier in the process. I thought he was way too skinny. He put on some weight. Uh, you know, he showed up uh, at the combine at, at over 200 and I think about 212 pounds and then ran a four five two forty. So put on some weight and, and kept the, the speed. But I just see too many inconsistencies there for me to take him at 20. I think the guy's a winner. Uh, you know, you don't go, I think, 43 and six in your college career uh, and not be a winner. And I think there's something to that. I do believe that. 
but I wouldn't take him at 20. I just think that there, there's too much. You, you're, you're still guessing too much. And, I, and I'm willing to do that with Desmond or with uh, Malik Willis because of his ridiculous talent. Ritter's not quite on that level. His ceiling isn't quite isn't nearly as high. So, you know, I, I think when you look at this draft, yes, the Steelers are going to select a quarterback in this draft. It's almost a given, especially after the death of Dwayne Haskins. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. They're going to take forward a training camp, and one of them might as well be a rookie. But that doesn't mean they're going to take one in the first round. And the only way it makes sense is if Willis or Pickett are available with the 20th selection. Outside of that, I'm not taking any of these guys at 20. I would trade back, but that may not be a possibility. And if somebody's trading up, they're probably doing so for one of the quarterbacks. So you might not want to do that. But I could see them taking one later in the draft for sure. And we'll see, you know, maybe there'll be one available in the second round. Maybe it's a third round guy, you know, like a, a Carson Strong or something like that. Just to have an arm, a young arm to, to add to the mix. Because you just don't know. Quarterback's the one position in football that you that, that does get overdrafted consistently. And it gets done because those guys are so important to what you do with your team. It's very difficult to win. It, it can be done, but it makes it much more difficult to win if you don't have a quarterback. So if it's not a quarterback, then who are the Steelers taking? A wide receiver would make a, a lot of sense. Uh, but it's unlikely that, you know, the top four players at the position, that would be Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave from Ohio State, Jamison Williams from Alabama, or Drake London from USC, are going to be available at 20. If any of those guys are available, maybe it's Olave, but I wouldn't bet on that either. I think there's at least six wide receivers that go in the first round this year. And to me, they'll probably start going around somewhere around pick eight. And then you can see four gone by the time the Steelers pick at 20. I know everybody in Pittsburgh is in love with Jordan Davis. I get it. Steelers had trouble stopping the run last year. It was a big problem. Davis would help that. But I don't know that he makes it to pick 20. He's exactly the kind of player that the Ravens would draft. Exactly. And oftentimes, I'll say this. A lot of times when I look at prospects in the draft and I like them and I like them to fit with the Steelers, because a lot of times when I look at players, I see I project how they fit in would fit into the Steelers offensively or defensively, because that's the team I've covered for the last 29 years. And quite frankly, the, the Ravens end up taking a lot of those guys that I like because they're very similar teams. They're almost mirror images of each other in terms of the toughness, the physicality, how they like to play, that kind of stuff. So I can see the Ravens absolutely loving Jordan Davis and not letting him slip past. Trevor Penning, the same thing. I could see that I could see the Ravens liking Trevor Penning. If he gets past the Ravens, I don't know that he gets past other offensive tackle needy teams like New Orleans or the Chargers. Uh, you know, those two teams, you know, could definitely use a plug and play player. I don't know that Penning is quite a plug and play player. But he's the fourth best tackle in this draft class, and it's not even close. I think those those first three guys are on a tier, and I think Penning's on a tier a tier by himself. Maybe you know at one B, uh, the top three tackles are are one A, 
And then there's a drop off after that. You know, I know I like Bernard Raymond as a prospect, but he's 25 years old and he's got shorter arms. I don't see the Steelers taking him in the first round. You don't take, I mean, he's already as old as Chuk Shakur for who's got four years experience with the Steelers and the last two starting for the Steelers. So I don't see that happening. A cornerback would make a lot of sense. And Trent McDuffie out of, out of Washington or, or Andrew Booth out of Clemson would be two strong possibilities there. They're the third and fourth best cornerbacks in this draft. You're not like 20. You're not going to get a top talent in any one spot. Um, so if those two guys were there, I could definitely see that happening. As I laid out in my cornerback draft preview the other day, you know, the Steelers have signed three cornerbacks in the last two years, two years, Cam Sutton, uh, you know, is, is, is signed through the end of this season. Hello Weatherspoon and Levi Wallace both were signed this offseason, but they're only signed for two years. So they're not married to any of those guys. It wouldn't hurt to bring in a young, talented cornerback who's going to be with you for the next five years. Cost controlled. Uh, obviously, that fifth-year option would get a little more expensive, but you'd have four years of pretty cheap, high-level, perhaps, cornerback play. I don't know if those guys are going to be there. Those cornerbacks typically get drafted early. Maybe one of them is there, and then you've got a decision because the Steelers still have a hole at the safety position. They don't have a starting strong safety on their roster. They just don't. Yes, they could line up with Carl Joseph there and be okay, but are you looking for okay or are you looking to really improve the defense? Kyle Hamilton's not going to be there. He'll probably be long gone as well. Um, you know, if he had, were, had happened to slide, the Steelers would love that at 20. But I just don't see that happening. So that leaves you with Dax Hill of Michigan or Lewis Seen of Georgia. And they're two really different players. Hill can line up and play as your, your, your nickel cornerback. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. Seen's more of a strong safety in the box type. They're both really good football players. And I could see either one of those two guys being a Steeler. I could see the Steelers loving scene over, over Hill or vice versa. So apparently, Scene's interviews were great, his in-person interviews with teams. He was the quarterback of that Georgia defense, which had a lot of stars on it. Hill is you know, a modern-day, uh, a bigger version of, of the guy that everybody wanted the Steelers to sign, Tyran Mathal, play him in the slot. Play him at deep safety. Play him, you know, play him at, in, down in the box. He can do all of that stuff. He might even be able to play outside corner for you. He's got the size and speed to do that. So those guys will be really attractive to the Steelers, in my opinion. Good chance one of the players that I mentioned there is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler next Thursday night. We'll see which one it is. If I had to place money on it right now, all things being equal and knowing who might be available. My choice would be Dax Hill at this point. I just think he's going to be a guy that's going to be available. They're going to like him. Uh, they're going to like what he can bring to the defense. It fills a hole. That's just the way I feel about it. But I, I, again, I could see seeing if they want to keep playing defense the way that they played defense with a true strong safety and a true free safety. Seeing could be that guy as well. 
We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more right after this on the Dale Lally Show. Dale Lally show. I'm Dale Lally, your host. And I, I did want to talk about the Deontay Johnson situation. I know I mentioned in the previous segment that wide receiver is an obvious need for the Steelers. It is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Steelers played more three wide receiver sets last season than everybody except for the Rams and the Bengals. Are they going to continue to do that? Well, that depend that remains to be seen. But you do play three receivers sometimes four at times in the NFL. That's just the reality of the situation. There's not a team out there that didn't at one point or another run three receivers out on the field. And right now the Steelers have, you know, uh, Chase Claypool. They have Deontay Johnson. And Anthony Miller might be the number three guy. Uh, you know, I know they, they claimed Miles Boykin this week away from, uh, when he was released by the Ravens. That's just rolling the dice and taking a chance on a guy who's a third round draft pick who they like coming out and feeling like, Hey, maybe if we bring them into a different situation, it might be a workout a little bit differently for them. Sometimes those things work. Sometimes they don't, but the reality is that a lot of these receivers who were taken in the 1999 draft are in their third year or finishing up their third year. They're going into year four and they want new contracts. D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, um, you know, maybe Terry McLaurin, maybe A.J. Brown. These are, these are good young players. Deontay Johnson falls into that category who've been productive in the NFL and have been, well, because of where they were drafted at, a little underpaid. And they would like to get some long-term security here before they go into, into year four and play out the string and possibly get hurt. Um, you know, it's a violent game. and You'd like to have that long-term contract flexibility, especially when you're a guy who's been drafted outside of the first round. It's the same situation the Steelers had with Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, the Steelers could certainly go through this season, not give Deontay Johnson a new contract. They could slap a franchise tag on him next year. And he'd make a lot more money. But again, you wouldn't have that long-term security, that long-term, you know, financial uh, benefits of, a, of a, a longer contract. And that's what this is really about. Not with Deontay Johnson, though. I can tell you for a fact, the Steelers haven't had any conversations with Deontay Johnson's agent. They just haven't. They haven't had any conversations with Minka Fitzpatrick's agent yet about a long-term solution. Other than the fact to say, we're gonna, we got you guys on the back burner here until after the draft. That's it. There have been no contract uh, negotiations. There have been no numbers exchanged anything like that anybody who says differently is lying or just making things up to try to get clicks or to try to to drive traffic to their to their radio shows or their podcasts or whatever it may be so these numbers that are being thrown out there 15 million for Deontay Johnson 20 million for Deontay Johnson pure speculation based on what everybody else at the position is signing for 
There's also the argument out there, well, the Steelers don't give second contracts to wide receivers. They did it for Heinz Ward. They did it for Antonio Brown. And everybody forgets that they offered Mike Wallace a second contract. And he turned it down. He turned it down because he thought he could get more money on the open market. And then they pivoted to Antonio Brown. So they're willing to give a second contract to a good wide receiver. And Deontay Johnson is a good wide receiver. Spare me the, this, this, the argument with the, well, he, he drops the ball too often. He had four drops last year on over 140 targets. Let me say that again. He had four drops last year on over 140 targets. Playing in the NFL, catching passes where he was catching passes last year from Ben Roethlisberger within eight yards of the line of scrimmage where there's all kinds of traffic and linebackers are sitting there waiting to take his head off. So I don't see that as a problem for Deontay Johnson. Yes, he went through a stretch two years ago where he was dropping some balls. I've seen the guy work. I've seen the guy put in the, the, the work required to fix that. It's not a long-term issue for him. The guy can catch the football. And if you look at the guys who had the most drops in the league last year, they're all guys of, of you know, guys, again, who are, who are heavily targeted guys. It's going to happen. NFL wide receivers are going to occasionally drop a pass. This isn't Madden. You're not playing this well. I've, every time I throw the ball to this guy on Madden, he catches a football. Great. Then watch a Madden game because these are humans. Mistakes are made. That's the reality of the situation. I believe the Steelers, it's, you know, look, they're going to make a contract offer to Deontay Johnson. Is it going to be for what he wants? You know, I, I don't know. But he's a good wide receiver, and they don't have many other options. And you don't let good wide receivers walk out the door, especially when you have the money to pay these guys. Why would you let him go when you can afford him? Why would you get why would you just allow an asset, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, to walk out the door with no compensation? Maybe you'll get a third round comp compensatory pick two years from now. Big whoop. You'd rather have Deontay Johnson playing for your football team. At least I would. He's a good player. He's still an ascending player. And if you want to try to win the Super Bowl, which is the Steelers' goal every year, you can't afford to allow guys like that to walk out the door. What do you use? Who's you? You know, if the Steelers don't draft a quarterback this year, or even if they do, who's he throwing the ball to? Who's, you know, you got to have guys for your quarterback to have success. Mitch Trubisky needs somebody to throw the football to. You can't just hand the ball off 60 times in every NFL game. It doesn't work that way. On third and seven, you got to be able to get eight, eight yards. And Deontay Johnson can do that. He's the only receiver on their roster and has been for the last few years who can create separation on his own against press man coverage. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't do that. Chase Claypool still struggles with that. James Washington struggles with that. Deontay Johnson gets open. He's not the problem. He's a solution.
you don't let that walk out the door. Anyways, that's going to do it for today's Dale Lally show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am Dale Lally, your host, and I appreciate you listening to this. If you like the show, let us know. Give us a, a positive review. Like the show, share it with friends. We love that. We love to, to have the feedback. Love to know what you think of the show, all that good stuff. And you can listen to all of our shows here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We get shows on Pitt, the Pirates, the Penguins, all kinds of good stuff out there. Um, but, uh, you know, you can certainly uh, get uh, anything that you want. You can listen to DK's uh, double or daily takes as well. Those are available uh, five days a week. And, of course, you get us after the games doing our, our podcasts and and videos, things of that nature. Um, you can check out all that stuff. Check out the website as well. We appreciate when you do that. But that's going to do it for today's show. I'm Dale Lally. I appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next week. We'll wrap up the first uh, first round of the draft. I'll do a couple extra shows next week just to kind of go through what happened, how it happened, and uh, what that means moving forward. Don't you miss those either. We'll start those uh, Friday morning and run through the weekend. So, anyways, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>